0: Like your uh, soul, sta- soul patch and mustache, Jim. <laughs> I have Yeah,
1: i trimmed it down. I was trying to go for the Dracula look. You know, I had the fine point beard. Yeah. It used to be much thicker, and I was like, no, I want the little tip. And then these are out. Haven't I shaved at have all back.
0: since <laughs> corn. <laughs> my, uh, this is about as long as my beard gets, but
2: I mean. I mean if we if we're talking about glorious beards ladies and gentlemen I believe I am the winner Yeah. because holy crap look probably at this win.
0: Sean do you have a big yeah, beard Sean, Sean hasn't it. been court, like he's been having to go into work so he may have to shave
3: <laughs> and all that oh, no no I, I've got I've got one going it, it's, All right. I, I don't know and I don't know if it's uh at Ian's level. We'll, we'll have to see. What, once I get this webcam situation figured out, we'll see.
2: <laughs> I, I
0: mean, Nathan, literally, uh, it's just
3: better in mine.
0: <laughs> literally, Nathan, all I, like I have the to teeth. do. Yeah, I got new teeth.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and this one.
3: Very nice. Yeah. Ian, I thought you weren't allowed to drink alcohol.
2: <laughs> um, This is not
3: alcohol. <laughs> This is uh, this is it's
2: white grape juice. <laughs> yeah, white grape juice because I'm not drinking alcohol right now because I've got a
1: fatty liver and my doctor asked me oh, to Oh no. Not. Yeah. 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 So we got him white grape juice so that whenever we want to drink like Marla and I have white wine and Ian has white grape juice. Yep. It's funny.
0: Honestly, I think you're getting the better end of that deal Ian. <laughs> I
1: Kinda.
0: I do
2: like legitimately I do miss alcohol very much. <laughs>
0: Nathan, how come I have two windows of you on here? So here's the thing. So I wanted to use my good audio, but you can't. I can't connect my microphone to my iPad and I don't have a video card on my desktop. So you're getting the audio from my desktop and the video from my iPad.
2: How do you not have a video card on your desktop? That's like not having a head when you have a human. <laughs> Well, I'm oh, video
0: card. I just don't have a video camera because ah. desktops don't tend to have the
2: camera. Did oh. I say card? And you you did say card. Camera. I thought I thought you meant your your desktop just didn't have a video card for some reason. No.
0: <laughs> yeah, everything's done in MS DOS, and it's just like the Matrix. It looks like the Matrix. I'm just uh, I don't even see you guys. I just I see the code,
3: and that allows me to see you. <laughs> All I see is blonde, brunette, red- redhead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we never Neo we, doing Superman stuff.
2: They they never really address that in the movie. It's just like, oh, he's he's just looking at porn, isn't he? It's like, well, what else are you doing in the Matrix?
3: <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, it was obvious. So, Sean, I mean, what
2: you want to introduce this whole thing, or what is this?
3: <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I will go ahead and do that. Uh, so, uh, if you're just now tuning in or if you've been listening to us uh for this entire time going random uh for five minutes uh this is the just catching up podcast it's just uh just those fellas just catching up you know talking about whatever random things that uh, we wanted to talk about so each and every episode one of us or maybe two of us or maybe however many of us i don't know are going to bring a topic of discussion for us to basically just go over and debate and uh go over and talk about and uh basically just shoot the breeze and catch up as friends because we don't get to do that often enough and that's what i wanted this podcast to be about a couple of friends just shooting the breeze catching up
2: yeah Mm -hmm. all
3: right so uh, i think uh we were gonna go with ian's topic to start with for today and ian why don't you go ahead and tell us what your topic is
2: all right so uh the topic that i'm starting off because i've been playing um during quarantine i've been playing a lot of Uh, Zelda games I finally got through Skyward Sword and it frustrated the hell out of me more than anything more than any other Zelda game because the motion controls are just awful like before even the quarantine started there was a day where I was playing the game and I literally started screaming at the tv but it got me thinking about uh, a game that I really like uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild which is an awesome game but the more I think about it the more I'm wondering is Breath of the Wild, I mean, it's a great game, but is it really a great Zelda game? Like, what, how much of the game is just, hey, let's do a big open world sandbox and put a Zelda skin over it, and how much of it is actually, like, a Legend of Zelda game?
1: And, that would, and that's the topic I've got for discussion today. I would say that, honestly, despite the fact that I haven't played much of Breath of the Wild and it doesn't really appeal to me, I would say it's probably the most true to the true to form Zelda game we've had since Zelda transitioned to the three D. It is essentially the essence of what the original Legend of Zelda game was. It was about exploring this vast world, and while there's not a lot in there that more plays to the strengths of the um, the games that we can make nowadays, we can have these giant sandbox worlds.
3: That's interesting. That's interesting. Nathan, you were mentioning you had something of uh idea as far as what Nate, uh, Ian was going for with that uh, topic. What, what was your take on it? Uh-oh, we lost Nathan's audio. Huh.
2: Oh, no.
0: There we are. My <laughs> there we, go. we came back. I had muted myself so I wouldn't have feedback when you guys were talking, and I forgot to turn it off. Um, so I actually kind of agree with, with uh, Ian on this, But now that Jim mentions that I so my first Zelda game was Ocarina of Time. So that to me is what a Zelda game like. That's the archetype of a Zelda game you have. You have this open world ish. I mean, they get more open as you get along. But to me, the Zelda like what gives Zelda its character is you have, um, you know, the link kind of hero's journey start as like a nobody and you find out you're special. And you meet up with Zelda, and you have Ganondorf, and he, he, Ganondorf isn't just like a boss at the end. He's like a character who does stuff throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's all missing from Breath of the Wild. Mostly, I mean, they, you do have a little bit of stuff with Zelda, but it's mostly like she's like been—I don't even remember. is She like frozen or something. She's mm-hmm. like a spirit or something.
3: Yeah, she's stuck um, in she, there. She's stuck in that castle with Ganon. Yeah, if yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Um, Honestly, been there for like I 100 can, years or something.
1: I can kind why? of see why you would say that, because it does kind of come back to like, like to me, Ganon or Ganondorf is not really an essential part of a Zelda game. Uh, to me, it's more about exploring the dungeons, collecting various items. To, I mean, because let's face it, Ganon or Ganondorf aren't even the final boss of every Zelda game. There's various other ones. Right. That's, um, that's so, so I guess to me, it's more about going to these places and getting items and beating the game. Uh, but if you did start with those uh, stories that were much more focused on the triad of Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf, I can see where you'd be coming from. And in fact, I think Ian has brought this up as an interesting point before, the idea of your perception of what makes a Zelda game or a good Zelda game kind of depends on what your first Zelda game was. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was Definitely. Link's Awakening and the, Ocar- and the Oracle games. Mm-hmm. Ugh, so to me, okay. I've, I've always preferred that top-down Zelda style and... To me that's that's what i think of when i think of zelda i think of the legend of zelda links to the link to the past links awakening those games before i think of things like twilight princess or ocarina of time
3: yeah my take on it was that it was more along the lines of i don't really well i kind of agree with ian in the in the sense that uh it's kind of not a traditional zelda game in the sense of where in previous zelda games progression was all about you know I'm going to this dungeon and in that dungeon, I'm going to obtain something and there that thing is going to help me progress even further in other levels and other areas of the world. And it seemed kind of like in breath of the wild, they give you all of that up front. Mm -hmm. It's like everything you need to traverse, everything you need, like, Everything you need for every puzzle is like presented to you right at the beginning of the game with those four uh, those four powers or those four things that you get at the beginning of the, on that opening plateau there mm-hmm. from those four opening temples. And it just kind of felt like, like, where's the dungeon where you go in, you get the hook shot, you know what I mean? And, and where's mm-hmm. the dungeon where you go in and you get, uh, you know, boomerang or you go in and you get uh, the slingshot or the light arrows or whatever. Uh, it didn't feel like it had that kind of okay. I'm going in this dungeon, I'm gonna get this thing. This thing is gonna help me progress through the rest of the world even more. Kind of almost like Mega Man in a sense, where you know you go and you fight these bosses, and then each boss gets yeah. a weapon that helps you progress even further in other levels. Uh, it <clears throat> it kind of lost that feel for me, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's still a great game. Yeah, uh, don't yeah. get me wrong, it's just one of the best games ever made, but so, in the sense that a Zelda game. Yeah, for what you're saying, like a traditional Zelda game, it seems like it kind of had, it did lose a little bit of that in transformation. There's
2: definitely like two points that I want to make on this. The first one is that the story in Breath of the Wild is very hands-off as most uh, sandboxes have to be. You need to be able to experience the story in whatever order you can because... The game uh, is not going to be a linear sequence of events where you go Mm -hmm. from here and then to here and to here. It's not constructed in that way. It's constructed to be a giant canvas that you can traverse from the word go. So Ganon's presence within the game, the ultimate bad guy, is kind of not really there. He's in the middle of the entire world at Hyrule Castle, and you fight him at the very end, but you don't really hear about him. You don't really, like... Ever talk to him. It's mostly a story about a lot of the other characters, but it's not really like it's very disconnected from a lot of what you're doing in the game. A lot of it's very organic, but one of the big selling points with a lot of the older Zelda games is that the storyline's not organic, but it's fascinating and it's constructed in a very linear way. It's the whole idea of when you go from linear to non linear everything changes and the story is definitely a big aspect to that the other the other point i wanted to talk about was uh because jim said earlier this uh breath of the wild feels more like a return to form to old to older zelda games this feels like a more authentic to the original idea zelda game which i actually wanted to look this up to to see if i can figure this out because jim you had said this feels more like what a true zelda game should be Except that between Link, between uh, Link's Awakening and Breath of the Wild, there were thirteen other games, <laughs> and it's just like how can how can this feel more authentic when there have been practically the majority of the entire series between the last like top-down go anywhere you want Zelda game and this one?
1: I th- let me clarify that because I think mm-hmm. there might have been some misunderstanding in that. Yeah. So what I'm referring to is. Like, if you go back to the original Legend of Zelda, a mm-hmm. lot of the, the basic idea there that it built upon was you have this big world to go around, find these hidden dungeons, mm-hmm. and even in the original game, while it would be hard, there would be ways to actually explore them slightly out of order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think to an extent in Link to the Past, but don't quote me on that. As opposed to things like Ocarina of Time, where it was like, you get the Kakiri Stone, then the Goron Ruby, then the this, this Zor one, then mm-hmm. you have to find you know these um, sages in this order, or whatever there was a bit more linearly story structure, like you said. You know, if you go to open sandbox, you have less story structure. So that's what I'm referring to. And even within the games that had story structure, the ultimate idea behind, within all the Zelda games, whether you're talking Twilight Princess or um, um, Wind Waker, sorry, Ian, I think your keyboard is clicking Ian, really loud. Sorry, sorry, I didn't real. I sorry, I was yeah. w- I was yeah.
2: writing down some stuff. Maybe I should maybe I should move my. I just <laughs> no started. worries.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, what I was, was going to say is that even in those other games that took place between Link to the Past and this, the objective was always go explore this giant world and find the islands, find the dungeons. Whether the main change was how much of the story is there. And if you look back, there is actually another game similar to this in um, Link Between Worlds, mm-hmm. because it's essentially Link to the Past, mm-hmm. but now all the item dungeon, the dungeon items, the key items are printable. Like the main things you find in treasure chests are all. Uh, currency items or other things to use for, you know, forging and whatnot. But, like, most of the items, you don't have to, you know, go to this dungeon first to get the hookshot. You can, you can rent or buy the hookshot if you have enough money and use it. So it kind of removes the importance of the items from the overall quest, and they really do become just your tools. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure I have these tools so I can go wherever I want, but mm-hmm. there's not, like, you have to tackle this one first to get the hookshot or you're screwed. Now some right. items are still there. Like I think like things like the Goron bracer or whatever, you know, things like that you still have to find in dungeons. But as far as like bombs, hook shots, bow and arrow, things like that, um, it gives you a bit more flexibility. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I get what you're saying because uh, and this goes back to, you know, just some other game series that I've noticed. Uh, it's a difference between, you know, what you what was actually in the game and what you feel like when you were playing the game. I Think that's the big issue. Like a lot of people praise, like Spider-Man, like the new Spider-Man game on PS4. A lot of people praise that game because it's not necessarily exactly like Spider-Man was on like Spider-Man 2, that one Spider-Man 2 game. It's not exactly like that, but it makes you feel the way that you did when you first played that game for the first time. And I think that's it, seems to me like that's what you're getting at is that when you play Breath of the Wild, it makes you feel like you did when you first played. Link to the Past, or when you first played Link Between Worlds, it's it's that feeling of Zelda that you're getting. I see and Rather that. than the specific actions or any yeah. specific thing in the game, it's that general overall, like, the first time you got on Hyrule Field in Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. you remember that feeling, and then you go and you play Breath of the Wild, and the first time you get off of the plateau, you feel, like, the same way. It's like, oh, there's this whole open world of adventure for me. That it's that general feeling, and I think that's the thing that most people try to capture with remakes. You see a lot of different remakes, is like you don't want to just remake the thing, you want to capture, recapture that feeling that people had when they experienced the first thing the first time, and it's really hard to do. But uh, I think a lot, of, I think some things do it better than others. I think Breath of the Wild was actually a really good. Uh, example of them capt- recapturing the original feeling. Hmm. I think I could see I that think absolutely. a term for
1: this that might be fitting is sort of the illusion of structure. So in some Zelda games it, it's more clearly defined that you go here than here than here. But even mm-hmm. in the original games, if you look when you enter each dungeon, they are they are labeled as level one, level two, level three. It's just mm-hmm. there's a bit of an illusory effect of I could actually go out of order in these. It might be harder. But I mean that's the same thing you mentioned Mega Man earlier. Mega Man Mm -hmm. has a rock, paper, scissors design for the bosses, but you can tackle them in any order. And most of the good ones actually are All the bosses are beatable from the get go. You can jump in anywhere you want. So having sort of the, there is a structure, but it's a loose structure. You can actually play around with it as you wish. So, and I think that's the thing is that in some of the Zelda games, um, like the original game, there is a structure you should take if you want to have the most logical uh, path or the easiest path but you have some flexibility there. Mm-hmm. When you go to Breath of the Wild, once you leave that plateau, you technically couldn't go anywhere. But some areas are still more logical. Like you're not going to run to the opposite corner of the map first. You're right. probably going to go to things nearby where you are. Right? There's yeah. still some kind of structure.
2: It's definitely guiding you in a specific direction. But as opposed, <coughs> excuse me, as opposed to the other games, um, it's not. It's not like pushing you to go in this certain direction. It's saying. You're like The first thing that you see once you get off the plateau are the two giant rocks with the split in the center, and all you can think of is, well, I've got a path right in front of me, and that path is pointing towards those two rocks. I could go off towards that giant flying <laughs> bird off in the distance, but you know what? I want to see those two rocks. I want to see what the hell is going on with these giant things. Yeah, and exactly. Then you, and then you find Kakariko Village just beyond, and you're like, oh, well, this is perfect because the game the game was created specifically to... Sort of in the same way that Mega Man X was, the very first moment is is saying you should learn how to play this game yourself, but we are giving you guidance on what is the best method to to optimize that.
1: The illusion of structure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I almost feel like each Zelda new Zelda game is kind of a reaction to the previous Zelda game. Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. Oh yeah, hundred percent.
2: One hundred percent.
0: But, like, in Ocarina of Time, you get this very linear story. Um, It's got the epic feel. And then the next game, complete, like, the whole idea is you go do all these side quests. Do it in whatever order you want. And it's got, like, this weird, dark feel. And then all of a sudden, after Majora's Mask... And they're like, well, that was really dark. Maybe we should brighten it up a bit. So, Wind Waker, you get this, this <laughs> oh, wow. cartoony thing. Yeah. And then immediately after that, they're like, well, that's a little too cartoony. Let's go kind of back to like, let's make it kind of more like Ocarina of Time. And then you get Twilight Princess, the only T rated Zelda game. <laughs> and then um, I haven't played Skyward Sword, but my understanding is that's very,
1: very linear,
2: right? Oh, God, yes. Stylistic. And a lot lighthearted, that, like, too. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, Skyward Sword almost feels kind of like a, a medium between Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, in that it's okay. more yes. Twilight Princess structure, but it's a bit lighter in tone and color. It's almost like Wind Waker. Yeah. So it like, it's it kind like of like, like watching a pendulum. It's kind of like watching a
3: pendulum swing and finally yeah. find its center.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> no, the gameplay the mechanics <laughs> kind of ruined that game a bit. <laughs> yes.
0: The pendulum didn't stop swinging with Skyward Sword because all of a sudden that linearness and the like. Well, I think the graphics is kind of the same in Breath of the Wild, but like Breath of the Wild is the opposite of linear. It's like, do whatever you want, whenever you want. Just go this way, go to that mountain, see that bird over there, go to that bird, do whatever you want. And I feel like the next Zelda game is going to be a little less sandboxy and is going to have a little more story. That's kind of my prediction.
2: Except that I, the next game is going to be Breath of the Wild 2. It's literally called Breath of the Wild 2. But,
0: also, yeah, Majora's I feel like Majora's Nathan... Mask... Oh, no, I agree with Nathan here. Mm-hmm. But Majora's Mask was a direct sequel to yes, Ocarina Exactly. Time. That's Yet that was my point. It could
1: be more different than Ocarina of Time, <laughs> except for I, the graphics, which are basically the same, the same. But, like... At the same time, Nathan, you have to consider that, like, if Breath of the Wild is really well received, then they're gonna say, "Oh, we should make more of this. This is what they want." Yeah. Yeah, but I. So don't... there might be a pendulum, but there's also Nintendo themselves. <laughs> yeah, but I think
0: all of the games have had like good reception, with the possible exception of Skyward Sword. But even that, I think, has like a 90% on whatever the equivalent of Rotten Tomatoes is for video games. No, also... there's a general.
3: Generally, Skyward Sword is well received. It's just that hardcore zelda fans mm-hmm. don't really like the mechanics of it that, like other than the mechanics skyward sword is actually a pretty solid zelda game
2: it's actually one of the things that really annoyed me when the game came out is that once again just because it's one of those big triple a games it kind of received perfect tens across the board from almost every single critic when it first came mm-hmm. out yeah. but every single person who has played it since then has been like well, you know, the motion controls aren't that great, and this and that. Like, people have been more critical of it as time went on, but yeah, when it first came out, 10's across the board. Uh, like, almost yeah, so. every single reviewer did. My so, my thing is, oh, with
3: this uh, this new uh, Breath of the Wild too. like, have you, you guys have seen, like, the trailer for that, right?
2: Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: The one that... So, it's a really small trailer, right? Yeah, like, yeah. very yeah. little info mm-hmm. in it. Very, very little in it. So... Like, what I got from that trailer is essentially a very linear type of story. It seemed like, oh, okay, you guys thought you guys were mad because there was no story. We're going to give you story in your story so you can story while you story. Yeah.
1: <laughs> also, uh, if I could just throw this in there... Um... Nintendo has shown that you know they're try- they, they they can try to appeal to more multiple Zelda fan groups at once. I mean, look at how many look at um Wind Waker again for example, like hey, some people really like the style. Let's make more of this. They made Phantom mm-hmm. Hourglass, they made Spirit Tracks, and even some of the other um top-down ones that came out uh, like Minish Cap and the Four Swords games, they play off of that toon Link style. Yeah. yeah. As opposed yeah. to the as opposed to the Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, Breath of the Wild model, you know. So, they're still trying to like play both ends of that. Mm-hmm. It's just one is more focused on the handheld games and the other is more I would on the consoles. Almost qualify and
0: just maybe maybe this is just from the graphics, but I would qualify like Skyward Sword as Toon Link.
1: Oh, I wouldn't at all. No, would no, not. no, 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 no.
3: I think it's like somewhere halfway between Toon Link and uh it's got that purchase, that can say so. build it as like an impressionist art style, which
0: soup sounds super cool.
1: Um, if, if you look, if you look at the the three Link models from Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, and Toon Link, there is a huge difference between Toon Link and the other two. Yeah. Like yeah, yes, the Skyward Sword one is lighter in color and a br- bit brighter, but he still looks more like Twilight Princess Link, at least in my opinion, than Toon Link. Toon Link looks like a little kid and a very much a cartoony little kid. Toon Link kind of like he's got a
2: big round head and a short stocky body, and Twilight Princess Link and Skyward Sword Link look like reasonably proportioned people, human beings.
3: If you're looking for the Sasquatch there, I think it would be Ocarina of Time, Link. Like that, yeah. that missing link, right? That literal missing link, right in between Toon Link and uh, Skyward Sword Link, also would probably be Ocarina of Time Link. Also, Jim, but there's, no,
2: there's oh. no video aspect to this podcast; people can't see. That oh. whole thing up. Oh. So you know, you so guys you'll are, have to describe
1: it. We can see it. It helps us. For those of you who don't have video, I was holding up a toy of Toon Link to show Nathan how much different Toon Link is from the other links. I gotcha. <laughs> hey, you're saying that the difference is Link himself, not the art art style he's presented yeah, in the character yeah, modeling I not the it. art style of the whole game yeah yes. i got gotcha. you okay fair
3: enough fair
2: enough, fair enough. <laughs> it kind of like one thing that definitely makes me wonder about this is that you know i love breath of the wild and you know i've put probably a hundred hours or so into it by the way master quest sucks oh my god <laughs> it sucks because it's, it's so damn hard but
1: master if, what uh, uh, when you when you beat the game. No, I'm just I'm
3: I'm no. I'm i kidding, yeah, yeah.
1: No. Full disclosure: If Ian has put in a hundred hours to um, Breath of the Wild, that's about ninety-five more hours than I put into it. Oh, <laughs> I, I haven't have... played it since the week it came out.
3: A hundred percent of that, Joker man. Yeah.
1: I haven't played Breath of the Wild in
0: over a year, but according to uh, my Switch, I put in three hundred hours
2: into that. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, Lord, <laughs> yeah. there you go. But the uh, a big question I have about the game structure itself is because I've played other sandbox games. I've played you know Fallout New Vegas. I've played Far Cry, three and a bit of four. And uh, the big question I have is Breath of the Wild, while being a great game, feels like sort of a great sandbox. Nintendo took a lot of aspects of other sandbox games and just sort of put the best elements into all of them, but. Does it really feel like a Zelda game or does it feel like someone modded a yeah. sandbox game with Zelda assets? That's the one thing that I, I'm kind of having
3: trouble with.
1: Which goes back to how really. you define it goes back to how you define a Zelda game. Yeah. How do you yeah. Ian define a Zelda game? Well,
3: well, I think that's I think that's an issue you're seeing not just with Zelda That's an issue that's going on with uh, another uh, game series I really like, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. They're having having much the same problem in so far as they had a series of games that were basically just stealth, uh, kind of action-adventure, stealth uh, game, very strictly that. Yep. And then they kind of changed things up because they basically ran that formula into the ground to the point where nobody wanted to buy it anymore. So now they're trying to reinvent themselves and it's they're in a place where right now it's just like, well, we wanna do these things that are popular that you know, we wanna engage in these elements of gaming that everybody loves. Open world, we want to engage in exploration, we wanna engage in kind of RPG elements. Yeah. And it seems like Link it uh, seems like Breath of the Wild does a lot of the same thing. Uh it's like open world, it's kind of survival elements, uh, you know, uh the limited uh inventory things, you know that kind of stuff that uh, is really popular right now and it's trying to find a new identity for itself and i think that's where you're getting right now is it doesn't seem like a real zelda game because it's basically zelda trying to figure itself out mm-hmm. it's going on a it's going on a, a sabbatical in europe uh, <laughs> it's going backpacking through <laughs> backpacking through the alps trying to find itself
2: <laughs> one thing that i do like about earlier zeldas is how even with the the top-down, kind-of-go-anywhere Zelda's, like, Breath of the Wild... or uh, uh, Well, I mean, yes, but, like, Link to the Past, Link, the past. Link Between Ooh. Worlds, and the original game, is that every time you acquired a new item, you would unlock new, uh, new corners of the map that you could go to. Every time right. you would get a new... And each dungeon would give you a new item. In Breath of the Wild, you have all six items you need to explore the entire world once you're done with the starting area. And each of the dungeons are technically optional. And so, because you can beat the final boss without them, so the problem is going into the dungeons is just sort of a fun puzzle for you and to help sort of establish Link's background and establish Zelda's background. But because they have to be optional nothing really happens in the dungeon. It's mostly just, hey, do you want this challenge of going inside this giant elephant and doing some puzzles and then fighting a boss? Sure, if you want to. Or you can just gather up a bunch of, like, weapons, storm Hyrule Castle, and fight all the bosses in there all at once.
1: Question about this. Because, again, I haven't played much of the game. Are there things like Triforce pieces or things like that to collect in this game? Like, is there any? Not really. Nope. No, For Breath of the Wild,
2: no. Nope. You can, like, so, the, the speedrunners of the game, basically, like, it takes them about 20 minutes to get through the entire opening area, and then they kind of glitch themselves into Hyrule Castle and fight the final boss. That's it. You can beat the entire game in 30 minutes with, like, very minimal glitching, or maybe an hour with no glitches.
3: Yeah, if, you, if you're, you know, it's, it's skill-based. Essentially, yes. yeah, very skill based. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, um, I think this is the quintessential failing of pretty much any uh, do what you want kind of game, mm-hmm. yeah. In so far as that, if you know, you're given the freedom to do whatever it is that you actually want, there's no real uh, structure mm-hmm. for you to say, you know, okay, this is there's no real structure for you to build any kind of legitimate like story or lore or character development or anything along those lines there's you you can't really build that mm-hmm. because everybody's going to do something different uh, so yeah I, I can't you know i can't have a character development at point a if you know the care if the person playing the game is going to go to point b c and d first yeah you know character development needs to be you know a b c d but it can't do that if character can go wherever they want
2: the other the other big issue with these kind of sandboxes and breath of the wild doesn't do this nearly as much Uh, but that a lot of the big sandbox games end up just being a giant checklist. It feels like you're just going through like a chores list. Like, okay, go here, fight this dude, check. Go here, deliver this thing, check. Go here, check this thing out, check. Like, that's all it is. It's just a big checklist of go here, fight a guy, or go here and deliver a thing. And Breath of the Wild, like, once you get 40 hours in, yes, you're doing a giant checklist, but a lot of good sandboxes like, say, Witcher or Fallout to make it feel less about just going through the checkboxes and more like you're actually creating an adventure for yourself. Breath of the Wild does that well. I'm just not sure it does it the best.
1: Isn't there still, like, story and growth? Like, I remember, like, there's the memories or the photos or something. Yep, there, mm-hmm. are,
2: there are 12 memories that you have to gather, yeah. And
3: they... So, uh, yeah They can essentially happen in any order. Yes.
1: So it sounds to me like the main thing that this game is missing, like, I think they would, what would improve it, is if they made the dungeons have a purpose, whether that means, like, collecting a Triforce piece or an orb, a gemstone, yeah. something, so that you actually had to go to all the dungeons. Now, having the flexibility to go in any order mm-hmm. does still, so, you know, that's still a thing. You could make it to where some dungeons are easier than others. Sure, if you're not, like, they're, like, a challenge to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like... I think that's the main thing missing, because, again, I feel like this structure is what The Legend of Zelda was always building towards. The idea of exploring the world feels like that is at the core of the original Legend of Zelda game. And, you know, I, that just seems to me like this was inevitable. Once mm-hmm. this technology was now available, this was the time for them to explore that. Yeah, that is to be fair.
3: There is a reason to go to the dungeon, because you do get a power from each of the dungeons.
2: Well, uh, you also... The they also you get a, a a giant mechanical beast that'll help you fight Ganyan. Yeah. So each well, time, yeah, okay. yeah. each but I'm time talking you get defeat... the
3: actual abilities that you get for beating each of the dungeons. You know, oh you get yeah, that, that well, shield, and then you get the jump power, yeah. and then you get the other thing. The two okay, others, so there is the swimming the thing I can't remember. They're, what... they're, they're minor, me, the
2: their minor combat the... abilities though. Is yeah. the problem they they to don't me, really the... help the world explore. They mostly just help
1: you fight other guys. And but so that still seems like that to be the idea then because the whole purpose to explore dungeons is to become stronger. It, yeah, whether that means getting a new item or necessary. a new skill. Yeah, but I mean that's that's kind of the, should be that's I yeah. don't think that's a bad thing because mm-hmm. like I said with um the Mega Man games you can go in any order. If you want to do a bust only run, you can. You have the mm-hmm. option of making mm-hmm. things harder for yourself, but if you want to make things a bit easier, you can go to these places and get new weapons or get new abilities or whatever. You know, it's like in RPGs when you have, like, the skill trees. Mm-hmm. You want to put more skill into your dam- attack, you know, damage output or your defense and how yeah. much damage you take. So that kind of player choice, mm-hmm. that sounds like, again, having not played this that much, that sounds like the purpose of the dungeons. And if that's the purpose of them, that sounds pretty good to me. Yes. To the-
0: me, the problem with the dungeons isn't so much that they're that they're not even bad dungeons and there is some purpose to them problem is there's first of all there's only four mm-hmm. and they're all exactly like the other ones yeah and to me like mm-hmm. the thing about the dungeons and previous zelda games is there's like a complete unique mood to each one think mm-hmm. about ocarina of time uh-huh. like the first adult dungeon i'm thinking of the adult dungeons is the forest temple and it has this like weird like the world has moved on like post-apocalyptic almost feeling yeah and then the second one you go to is just like this uh this volcano you go into and they're just like totally different from one another mm-hmm. and they help kind of um even if the game itself is shorter it feels longer because you have all these different milestones in the game oh remember when you went to the the spirit dungeon that's this like weird desert dungeon and there's also the under the wall dungeon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and breath of the wild i don't remember other than like to get to the dungeons like what exactly is the difference between the the, the desert elephant dungeon and the mountain bird dungeon. I feel like they're the exact same dungeon just in different places on the map.
2: They do have the same feel is, is a big issue. Um, that at, And that's, again, with that hands-off approach with uh, sandbox game design, um, because they have to be played in this same order, all of their... Uh, all of the ways that you beat them are kind of similar, but at the same time, there isn't really a other than like when you're in the volcano, you're outside. You're like, okay, I'm obviously in a volcano. But inside the dungeon itself, it just feels like, oh, this looks the exact same as the other three uh, uh, giant beasts. I can't remember their name. Um, uh, that's gonna that's gonna completely mess me up. But yeah, because guardian beasts. Guardian beasts. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all four of the guardian beast dungeons look the same on the interior. But occasionally, if you're able to look outside, you can be like, oh, I can see that there's sky out there. Or, oh, I can see that there's a volcano out there. Or, oh, I can see that there's some water out there, but the interior
1: always looks the same. Yeah. I think that's a fair point, because not only are, like, in, in all the previous Zelda games, like, the dungeons have their own, you know, unique designs, like Nathan was saying. Mm-hmm. But the dungeons also sort of a very important purpose in a Zelda game, in that while the overworld is where a lot of the combat happens, say for boss battles dungeons are where the puzzles happen yeah true. those are where you're supposed to like figure out how to overcome things now even in, in something like um a link between worlds if you go into a dungeon and you don't have the right tool you can leave the dungeon go find the dude and buy if oh i need to i need to have bombs and you go buy bombs you can come back and do that you can you know there's warp abilities and things like that you can use utilize in a lot of those games mm-hmm. so you can still find ways to have open world where you have all your tools accessible early on and then the puzzles give you variety where certain items are more useful than others, or it really comes down to how you think around the puzzles, Mm -hmm. like that should be where the dungeons shine. And if the dungeons are all the same with no unique identity, whether in art design or in puzzle design, that could definitely be something that would make it feel unnecessary. Yeah.
3: I'm curious as to whether or not it was a time issue or Mm. whether, uh, you know, that was just like a design decision from the start to be that way. Or if it was just a thing like, oh, we're running out of time, we need to hurry up.
1: Was this a launch title for the Switch?
3: No. Yeah. it Was no.
2: Yeah, it was. I think it came out it on literally Wii came out Wii the or... day
1: the Switch launch. Hmm. If, it if that's came out the case, then, if that's the case, then it might have been a time thing. They might have wanted like it was one out for of the f- but yeah, it was, it was one of those two
3: games that came out on launch day. Right, but it was supposed, it was supposed to, come to come out, out on the it was supposed to come out on the uh, Wii U. Yeah. Uh, a it's... long time ago but again it kept getting delayed that's why i say that it might have been a time issue because mm-hmm. you know they were already running into issues yeah, with right. getting delayed where they were you know kind of running out of time as far as they and, weren't deadlines right
1: the and other... they wouldn't want to put out the wii u version first because that would hinder the sales for the switch <clears throat> they put them so both at anything... the same
2: time sort of in the yeah. same way with uh, twilight princess yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's because like, I remember they were they'd been working on the Zelda like the big Zelda sandbox for a while but they did have to delay it I can't remember why well every Zelda game's been delayed I think <laughs> yeah because I remember Twilight Princess was supposed to come out well before the Wii came out but then they decided to make a version for the Wii as well so that they could release both on GameCube and the Wii but um, yeah I think. Offhand can not really remember. Because
3: 'Cause I'm looking at the situation where mm-hmm. you've got a system which wasn't selling. Yeah. Which is the Wii U. And then you've got a system that is a huge gamble, which the Switch was. And yeah. like remember before the Switch came out, no one knew if this thing was actually gonna do anything. Everybody was kinda like, Well, it looks innovative, but is it gonna you know, is it gonna hit? Yeah. And is it gonna be just another Wii was U? Like, yeah. yeah, everybody was like, Is this gonna be another Wii U? And you're coming off of a system that's already basically failed your last generation, Mm -hmm. and now here you are with a very risky gamble, and you've got, and they didn't really have a lot of games that came out with launch on the Switch. If you remember, I think Breath of the Wild was one of the few games that they had that was a system mover. Right.
1: So I think they also
2: had Mario Kart 8, but that was ported from the Wii U. Yeah. The The thing you got to
1: remember though, like with Nintendo, like it didn't no, Mario Kart didn't
3: launch. Mario Kart was not a launch title. Oh. it was just uh Breath of the Wild. I think there was Arms.
2: Oh uh, you know? yeah, no one plays uh, Arms. Uh,
3: wasn't Mario Odyssey <laughs> one?
1: Odyssey. No, didn't... Mario
3: Odyssey didn't come out until the end of the year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Huh.
3: And the Switch came
1: out in March. But the thing is, I remember like with Nintendo cons- consoles, it's kind of like an investment. Like if you if when PlayStation or Xbox releases a new console, it's like you know how many games do you know they're going to release that you know from big name s- systems with a nintendo system you're almost guaranteed a new mario platformer zelda um mario party mario kart um uh smash metroid brothers. almost all of them mm. um say what
3: smash brothers smash
1: bros yeah. Oh, yeah so there were a lot of things like you know what even if there's not a lot now i know they are going to be making more games in these yeah. franchises i like so it's an investment that i'm willing to put in Whereas it when like PlayStation comes out with the new system, I'll be like, okay, I want to wait and hear what they're gonna release. I mean, that's what ruined the Vita. Yeah. They didn't have enough games to make people want to spend money on the thing. Whereas the 3DS, people knew they were gonna get new Pokemon games. People knew they were gonna get new Fire Emblem games. People like a lot of the big franchises. They knew that they're gonna make something of this. There's no way they're not going to. That's fair.
3: True, but I think still before the system came out, it was kind of like a big thing of. Are they even going to get the chance to before, you know, because there's only so much market share and mind share that people have, like, are they even going to get the chance to get to these games before we've completely moved on from what this system is to, you know, whatever other people have put out a system, uh, you know, Google Stadium. <laughs> True, there there that's is right. a time
1: there is a time window they need to fit within. Like don't they, yeah. say like, yeah, we'll make we'll make a new Mario game in two years. You know, that's too long to wait. Like by sure. the, end of the year, I think Mario Odyssey. I don't think it was too late. Like I think that was no, yeah, it coming out the about damn time. But by that, <laughs> by that time,
3: the Switch had hit it. By that yeah. time, everybody knew. Okay, the Switch is good. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. realized. Okay, this is this is a solid thing, uh, and I I think the the portability of it helped make it that solid thing because Mm -hmm. it came out in a time where a lot of other games were coming out for the other platforms. A lot of other big games were coming out for the other platforms, but here was the switch, this thing that uh, everybody could take with. And it hit the gaming industry right at a time when everybody was traveling. In addition to that, because you had E3 you had all the games comms, all the all the other conferences. So a lot of the people, a lot of the tastemakers and all those people, they were already traveling. Mm-hmm. So now you've got this game system that you can play while you travel. So I think that just helped it hit.
1: Oh, definitely. The portability was such a great thing because, I mean, there were times where I would take I would be taking my high schoolers to forensics tournaments, and then they're like, okay, let me pop out the Switch. Here's some extra controllers. Let's play some Mario Kart. Yeah. You know, it's, it, being able to sit at a lunch table at a school and just set up some of that quick... Here's the console. Get your controller, set around the console, and it worked. Like we didn't need to get a TV. It wasn't like everyone had to have their own device. It really fit that portability well.
2: It also helps that Nintendo's been a big uh, curator of uh, small indie games. Like every time you go on, mm-hmm. every time you go on the Switch, there's always about uh, Switch Store. There's about a dozen different games. That I'm like, I've never heard of this before, but they're you know five bucks or a dollar. And it's something that you can just be like, well, let me download this and test it. And being able to help curate a lot of those small indie games is what helped uh, the iPhone first become as big as it did. Because back in around oh, it would have been around like two thousand six to two thousand nine, there were a ton of small indie developers that realized, oh, we could make a small game for this and get our names out there. Of course, now those are oversaturated with micro payments, and you know I'm not going to touch on that right now, but. Being it does also seem to help whenever a console is able to be like, hey, here's some people with, you know, a thousand bucks and a funny little game idea, let's put it on our console, seems to also be good for the life of the console. The Xbox 360 also did the uh, summer arcade thing for a while where they would release mm-hmm. a bunch of small indie games made by people who, you know, have ten bucks in their pockets, but all of a sudden oh, hey, here's Limbo, here's Braid, here's uh, uh, Rekete- No, wrecketeer came out later, but uh, but yeah, no, Limbo. Right here's some braid. Uh, here's some smaller games that people can play from unknown developers, and it's a gr- and it does seem to be a consistently good thing for a console's lifestyle to be able to pander to the little indie guys. I got a really Reketeer. cool indie game recently. It's called uh, Witcher Three. Uh,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, look. Technically, you're not you're
3: not wrong. It yes. Indie yes. Game. No.
2: CD Projekt Red is an independent studio, and they completely you know just All did right. that themselves. So you're not
3: wrong. Uh, independent yeah. AAA of studio. I knew that when I said that. <laughs> one of the few independent AAA studios out there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. But I, and that's an interesting thing, though, to bring to bring back uh, Witcher for a second. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the few games where. It's got the open world element, and it manages to get it right. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you don't start off with kind of like a blank page of a character. Right. I think it's
0: because he it has like three books to base characters off. Yeah, exactly,
3: exactly. <laughs> it has like a whole series of books to base uh, characterization off of. Mm-hmm. Versus Zelda. Zelda's never really been a series where you have any character. To you know, to Link, no, at yeah. all, really. Link has always yeah. been kind of a stand-in for you, yes, kind that's of a the, silent the protagonist stand-in for you. I mean, that's that's always always been. So I think, you know, Not that <laughs> that doesn't help. Yeah, that doesn't help mm-hmm. in a situation where you're trying to you know establish character and you don't have any kind of story, or basically the story has to be non-linear, mm-hmm. or basically uh, you know just a- as you go, whatever order you want to do the story in. You know, it's not going to help if you have just this blank page of a character, which is why I think this is probably the most character development Link has ever gotten in a Zelda game. Yeah, Uh, I would argue Wind Waker. Maybe, probably. I don't. I don't remember playing too much of Wind Waker, but there's uh,
2: well, Wind Waker is one of the few Zelda games where you actually Link can actually convey uh, an actual personality, can convey emotions.
1: I would agree
0: with you that Zelda gets more character development in Wind Waker.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Tetra's a much more interesting character than Link, but Link is... Uh, spoilers?
1: I'm sorry, spoilers <laughs> from 17 <laughs> years ago. Who's who's it's angry so, about a 17-year spoiler? Who's angry? Also, with, with Link in Wind Waker, you have the dynamic of the grandmother and the younger sister, who yeah. actually do contribute to the plot a bit more. I mean, yeah. okay, Link to the past had his uncle. Whoop-de-do! He dies in the first five minutes. Sorry, Nathan. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> but I mean, Wind gives more character development and you know plot points. I mean, they weren't a great plot points. They weren't like a lot to do with the grandma. But you know, she gives him the clothes, and you know, you make sure you say goodbye to your grandma before you leave home, right? You know? So it had but, some stuff. It had I some mean, stuff. like
3: Breath of the Wild, probably though. I think Link gets okay. The second most development for a Link character in the entire series, because you actually get some of his backstory you get uh an idea of his personality in you know uh you know journal entries and the memories and all of that stuff so i think you also see that that he's got the relationship with misha right Mm -hmm. but you still don't get anywhere near enough for you to be able to do a game like what they did you know in order to you know just where the story's just jumping around back and forth all over the place in order to do it effectively, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which I think is one of the major gripes about uh, Breath of the Wild is that the story was one of the biggest, I think, complaints from the fan base, uh, other than you know just the dungeons and the and the bosses of the dungeons essentially being the exact same boss four times.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: so, yeah, I think, um, you know, when, when it comes to that, I, I think that's the approach of your main character is definitely going to be exactly what uh says you know this game is gonna be good this story is going to be good or this story is going to be bad is basically where's that approach for the main character and are you using basically the right type of game for that particular type of main character yeah so you can do the kind of blank uh blank page character but it has to be in a certain world where everybody else around that character has a lot of character mm-hmm. and a lot of uh just uh presence you know like, you know, you look at something like, uh, you look at, like, Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. And think about Luke's, Luke is, Luke's is the main character of Star Wars, but can you think of any, like, major lines Luke has in, like, the first three movies? Or do you remember all of Han no! or Leia's lines? <laughs> in the first three, no. I would argue that in Last Jedi, he has a
0: whole hell of a lot of character. Yeah. The... <laughs> right. Fair enough. But he's a side character. Right. right. Yeah, that that, that yeah. point, he's no longer the main character. No, the, right. The, the so purpose... as
3: the main character, he has, like, no presence in the first three movies, like the original trilogy. No, but the, the purpose everybody of David... else has the presence. Yeah,
2: the purpose of Luke in the original story is that he's supposed to be sort of the blank everyman that any yeah. that any you know twenty something or teenage white boy from the seventies look out and go, that's like me. I'm I wouldn't like go to
1: Tashi station and pick up some power converters. Yeah,
3: or, or me, or me, and I could just look at him and go,
1: that's like me. Suck he's white. Yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> But you're right, though. Han and Leia are certainly much more memorable yeah. and interesting characters than Luke in the and first Darth few movies. Vader. Absolutely. Exactly. Hell, the droids. So yeah. you've got this kind of neutral mask, I think, is the yeah. term that they
3: use.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, actually, uh, so, you know, um, the first Star Wars movie is based on uh, Kura Kurosawa's um, Hidden Fortress. And also yes.
2: Man of a Thousand Faces. I'm not sure
0: places. if Luke Skywalker is in Hidden Fortress, like if there's an analog in that. I think he's like the... the uh, I could be wrong about this. I'm probably wrong about this, but he could just be like the hero's journey plopped on top of uh, Kurosawa's
3: Hidden Fortress. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt that for a second. That sounds like something that Lucas would do.
2: Mm-hmm. So Lucas took a lot of inspiration from like Flash Gordon and a lot of old serials mm-hmm. from the 50s and previous. A lot of the like smaller, smaller science fiction films to be able to help make. Star Wars. Star Wars is really, truly... The original was a pastiche of a Uh bunch of ideas thrown together, and it really kind of created the best elements from all of them. This is why the original film works so well. And I have my own opinions about Star Wars, but we won't get into
1: that. (laughs) So, if I can take this back to the video game side of it, though. So, it seems to me like... um, There's two basic ideas when you're making these games that have multiple entries in a series. Mm -hmm. You have things like your Uncharted games, which are literally one, two, three, four in an order. And to a lesser extent, your things like, um, or also like Metroid is another great example where there is a clear storyline to the Metroid games. To a lesser extent, you got your Sonics and Marios where Mm -hmm. they do have a timeline order, but you don't really have to play them in that order. But then on the other end of that, you get things like Zelda here or Castlevania where there, there is a timeline but the games are so far removed from each other that they don't really impact the story that much. So I think, like, one of the best examples of how to do that, right, is look to the RPGs and tactical games. Mm-hmm. Think about the Final Fantasies and the Fire Emblems, games like that, where, you know, there there are timelines, there are histories, but each game works as its own story mm-hmm. because, like what Sean was saying, the world around them is so fleshed out. Look at, like, if you, if you play an RPG, usually right. you might have a blank slate character, but the party... Right. Is, and the story is what really makes it sell. And exactly. Zelda has always been about Link by himself on his journey. Maybe he has Navi or Tattle or, you know, whatever, um, Fee, whatever. Uh, but it's still mostly Link. It's one side, you know, voice in his head saying, hey, listen. Right. And that's the thing is to make these games stand out. Right. listen. You need to have an interesting story to really make the character feel like they're growing. Right. If you're going to have these games where they're all moved like that. There, like
2: a couple of analogs to that, like the film analog to that would be—I don't know if anyone else has watched this—but the uh, Mad Max series. Max uh, uh, Max Rockatansky as a character is more just sort of like the observer, the narrator. Mm-hmm. Stuff happens to him, but what's more interesting is the characters around him. Yeah. This is what a lot of people kind of forgot about Fury Road, and they're like, Max, not really the main character. Max has never been the main never character. Never
3: been a main character. He's
2: yeah. the observer, yeah. the person who watches all this mm-hmm. stuff happen. The other aspect to that. Uh, from from a video game standpoint, is the Half-Life series. Gordon Freeman, especially the first one, uh, second one, not so much, but the first one is very much Gordon Freeman is just like, oh, of course the main character gets out alive. No, Gordon Freeman is the guy who survives this whole thing because there were six zillion people in Black Mesa and most of them died. It just so happens that we follow him because he's the one who just happened to get out. If his, fr- if you know, one of the other scientists got out, guess what? We would have followed them instead. It's just that they're kind of the blank slate character meant to sort of be you in that situation, observing the world around you and going, "Wow, aliens shooting us up. It's pretty
3: weird."
1: And you know, yeah,
3: that's I the think... neutral mask in pretty much a nutshell. Is that you know, it's it's that character who's basically just a stand-in for the audience. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think this is probably why Majora's Mask works as well as it does and why it's so beloved, because think about how much life is brought to the game from the townsfolk, oh, yeah. With, you know, the the, the uh, Deku Swamp, the mm. Gorons in the mountain, the people in Clocktown, Town, you know, all those side quests that make up the bulk of the game really flesh out the area and makes it interesting. That's why I like going back to that game, not for Link, but because I like the town, people. I like the, the stories. But once... I think
3: Breath of the Wild just lacks a lot of that. I don't think there's. Um, I don't think there's enough of it in Breath of the Wild to actually form a cohesive circle around Link to basically complete the whole. It's basically just you got the, the hole in the middle of the donut with no donut around
1: it. Right. Bigger map, smaller world. The other the other thing
2: about Majora's <laughs> Mask that I really like uh, and is actually incorporated into the storyline is that Link himself completely goes through the game most people don't even register his presence everyone in the world seems to sort of just be in denial about oh the moon's not going to crush us we don't really care but that also uh the characters that get attributed oh hey we got helped by this person were the transformation masks that link wore people remember the deku scrub helping them out they remember the goron helping them out they remember the zora helping them out link goes through that whole game until the very end when he gets to like talk to Tattletale, uh skull kid <laughs> and the mask salesman are the only people who actually know oh yeah you're the person who saved the world everyone else was just like who link was he that green cloth kid I don't really remember him I don't register him at all and that's like I think Majora's Mask is probably the best example of the whole like uh, of the completely disconnected character that we can just insert ourselves into because no one else in the entire game remembers you because you're just the memorable people were the masks of the people who you who you wore oh hey Doreen is back oh hey Macau Macau is that the guy's name m-i-k-a-u something like that yeah. yeah the zora they remember those guys just they don't remember you
1: <laughs> and you know the funny thing also with that is that because it's centered around clock town mm-hmm. like a small village area mm-hmm. there's more life there most of the zelda games like your goal is like hyrule castle mm-hmm. there might be a kokiri village but nothing really major happens there you know, there might be a, t- a rule town, but nothing really major happens there. It's mostly about get to the castle and fight the boss. Mm-hmm. Whereas most things are centered around Clock Town or the little areas around it, but always Clock Town is that central hub. Mm-hmm. So you spend more time with the people in the world rather than the dungeons and the final castle.
2: Sure. Also Majora's Mask has kind of a living uh, Clock Town. A lot of the people in there are constantly moving around and whenever you reset those three days, you get to see them experience all those events once again. It really, like, Clocktown is one of the best designed cities in the entire Zelda series because it really feels like these are people who are going about their daily lives. It helps by the fact that they're stuck within that three-day time loop so they can only do so much and they don't constantly, like, change, but it does, it, it's one of the best ways to sort of make the world feel a bit more organic than it normally does rather than just being characters to stand there and go, welcome to Rivendell. Yes. Hi. What can I help you with? You know, it's not, it's not just people like that. It's people who are actually going through their daily
1: routines. Is the big, Exactly. You know. <laughs> Compare that to Hyrule uh, uh, town or court or whatever in um, Ocarina of Time where it's like, you can see the sun rising and sing, but the people are always doing the same thing. Yep. At least in Clock Town, you have that three-day cycle. So it makes sense that they're being repetitive. It doesn't feel... Fake. It doesn't feel out of place. It feels natural because they are stuck in a cycle. Yep. Literally, not just from game design, but because it's three days. <laughs> it's it's part of the things where
2: the the design aspect of the game helps inform the story of the game, which is really hard to do in game design.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I have a question. Do you guys have a, a top five Zelda games? I Ooh. just came up with my own top five. I
3: that's what you were doing.
0: I was like, what is Nathan doing? I, I have this website called Preference Revealer, and you can put in a, a list of items and then it will have you uh, do like match up head to head. Like, which one of these two things do you like better? Do you like Majora's Basque or Ocarina of Time better? You click which one and then after you clicked it have done enough times then and i'll I'll just go ahead and copy this into yeah, our yeah i remember uh, chat. that
1: yes yeah,
3: I, I used it to rank my uh marvel movies same like, here way back in the day same. so um
0: my top five zelda games and i've only played the 3d ones mm-hmm. and not uh skyward sword so th- these are basically the well i've played a couple other ones but my top five are one majora's mask two ocarina of time Three Breath of the Wild, four Wind Waker, five Twilight Princess.
3: I'm gonna go ahead and just copy that. What I... do you
0: think of my uh, my list there, fellas? That's I'm gonna a solid Go ahead solid and copy list. that list.
3: That's that's probably my list.
2: <clears throat> you said you put it in the chat.
1: Uh, yeah, you put it in the uh, in the Facebook chat. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were gonna put it in, like in the meeting chat. No, 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 no. I know how to do that? Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> Well, now but i got to go back
3: to Facebook. Yeah, no, I'm going to go ahead and go with that list because that's actually a pretty solid list. Majora's Mask is probably... Uh, I, I I think that's probably a, a like, controversial choice for most people to put it over Ocarina, but I would definitely put it over Ocarina.
0: It's tough for me because Ocarina has definitely more nostalgia, but it does at times, and I think it's just because it was an earlier game, mm-hmm. feels kind of empty when you're running around the world. Yeah.
2: yeah. That, exactly. can, that can
3: happen. And I think that uh, Majora's Mask probably has a lot more uh, you know, just life to it. But I think like you said, that's probably part of the fact that it's a direct sequel. Right. They they, where they, they took all the lessons
0: things of Ocarina and then improve upon them whereas yeah. Ocarina didn't have really any other 3D Zelda games to or any others.
3: Yeah. So this it's is... like, okay, we're, we're yeah, learning. I'll... we took all the lessons we learned from Ocarina. We've improved upon them, so now we're going forward, and it's a much better game, in my opinion.
2: I mean, I can just list my five. I know what they are off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, Ocarina's first, just because that was the first real adventure game I ever got into, Majora's Mask, Breath of the Wild, The Oracle Games, both of them, and Wind Waker.
3: Okay. Mm Okay, okay. Oracle's... Oracle. I can't remember playing. No, I remember the name. I'm just trying to remember playing them. Yeah. It's like... I... The Oracle I do games... Them? They were actually pretty solid, if I remember correctly. Those oh, are the yeah. ones on Game Boy Color, right?
2: Yep. They were the ones who had the uh, link connection where you could actually get... Um, you beat one of the games all the way through. Then you send and a then you password. Go play the other one. Yeah. You send a password to the other one, which will allow you to unlock bonus items in both games... Yeah. And it's, and so you can get, like, uh, bomb shoes, like 2D bomb shoes, which are fascinating and weird to play How with. How do those
0: work in 2D?
2: Like, the whole point is they go up the walls, right? Right. They, essentially, you just set them down, they start to move a little bit, and then they move super fast and, like, <coughs> fly to fly to something and blow it up, essentially.
3: Yeah, it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It, it was pretty cool for a 2D Game Boy top-down Zelda game. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I remember in, God, the Oracle games, you can get the Bigoron sword, which is mostly terrible in the Oracle games because it's this giant ass sword and Link, it takes forever for him to swing the whole thing because it covers, <laughs> it the sword's like twice as big as he is. You press it, Link pulls it out, holds it, swings it across the screen and then puts it back and it takes like (laughs) a couple of seconds to do the entire animation and it's just it feels very clunky and slow
3: well it's a big giant swordy and we can't all be cloud strife and just run around with big giant swords all day yes but it means that i don't like they're nothing
2: (laughs) yes it just means that i don't want to use the sword whenever like oh i got the big oron sword Neat. I'll just use the master sword for the rest of the game. I don't need to use the level four one. All right, Jim, what do you got?
1: I'm doing the test right now because honestly, this is really hard for me. Like the it's the 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 first one. Like you know, come back to me in a moment. Let me finish taking the test because I'm curious to see what it says after I do this. Mm -hmm. The Uh, tricky thing, and I've heard that. if you don't have a preference like if
0: two of the the the, like one of the matchups you're like i don't know which one of those I like better if you click it randomly they should i don't know how this works and as a math guy you might be able to tell me but they should show up one and then the other
1: so i i finished it and honestly it's probably not that far from what i would have picked Mm because for me the easy one is majora's mask is hands down my favorite sure i love that game uh, in the story and the tone and the style um after that it's most of the 2ds so I would probably say the Oracle games and Link's Awakening are kind of tied, especially since the remake of Link's Awakening. I loved it. No, but yeah. On my results, it came out as Oracle for two and Link's Awakening for three. Um, and then you're going to get to like the big ones because, like, I don't have the same kind of nostalgia that, that most people have for Link's, uh, sorry, uh, Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So really, it comes down to I prefer. Uh, Link to the Past because of the style. I prefer the 2D Zelda games to the 3D ones. But they're, mm-hmm. neither of them are really that high on my list. I don't think either of them would really be in my top five, honestly. Um, the ones that probably would, though, Link Between Worlds. I like it just because it feels like it's Linked to the Past, but frankly better. I feel like it fixed a lot of things. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. Adventure of Link And Legend of Zelda, so the first two games in reverse order. I am one of the few who actually enjoys Adventure of Link. I like the RPG style. I didn't think it was that bad. It has some amazing music. I don't care, Ian. Shake your head all you want. (laughs) I actually really like the first two Zelda games. Excuse (laughs) me, Princess. Excuse me, Princess, Ian. (laughs) Um, And once you get below those, then you know, Ocarina of Time, um, Link to Link to the Past, or Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, Minish Cap, Skyward Sword. Um oh I forgot to put Wind Waker on the list. Actually I can go on beyond I would, put, five here, I would Jim. put uh Wind Waker actually above Adventure of Link. I would say Wind Waker is probably my my five. Yeah. So Majora's Mask, The Oracle games and Link's Awakening, Link Between Worlds, um uh Wind Waker and then Adventure of Link. <laughs> I also thought about that Princess. I guess i put that just <laughs> above Ocarina of Time. I don't know. They're All right. So also just full disclosure, most of these games I've only played once, especially yeah. the newer ones. Yeah. I've only played Twilight Princess once. I've only played Skyward Sword once. Yeah. So
2: FYI guys, we're coming we're just a little uh, over an hour so we might want to wrap this up soon. Cool.
3: All right. So we can wrap it up then now if you guys want, unless there's any closing John's remarks.
0: Top 5. Let's get your top 5 before we wrap
3: it up. Oh yeah. No, mine was the same as you. I oh, was saying uh, it's Ma-
0: exactly the same as me,
3: huh? Yeah, I was saying oh, Majora's okay. Mask, yeah. and then it was gotta be Ocarina, and then it was, um, shoot, uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, mm, Wind Waker Twilight? No, I was probably gonna say Oracle.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So it's not then, exactly uh, the same
3: as me. Mm-hmm. And then after Oracles, uh, is probably, uh, Link's Awakening, maybe? Yeah. Awakening, solid. Yeah. That's one of the
2: things that I always liked about Awakening is that, um, it, especially mm-hmm. when using your sword, it doesn't feel as, like, I don't know. The, my One of my big issues with uh, Link to the past is that Link's sword feels so wimpy and, and small, whereas in Link's Awakening, it feels like it actually has proper reach. Like you can. Uh, actually... It
1: does have that really cool blast, the spiraling thing. Yeah. I mean, come on, dude. That was pretty cool. Right. <laughs> All right, so okay. I... Was that the first time it had the spiral? Uh, it was the first time of no. the spiral, but the, not the first time it could shoot because the first two Zelda swords could also shoot. All
3: right. All right well, speaking of shoot, I think I got to shoot out of here because uh, yeah. that's the end of the episode, everybody. Woo! So, congratulations on the first episode of the can. Well done, gentlemen. Yay! Well, we
0: have a, a little thing to actually We probably shouldn't i was going to play a zelda the zelda copyright
3: we'll get copyrighted according to ian so we probably shouldn't yeah. but we'll I'm, I'm gonna hum the i'm gonna hum the theme song of zelda right now do 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 <laughs> I was like I'm not gonna do anymore All right, <laughs> uh, this was a lot of fun guys get okay. yeah this was a great a lot of fun that's the whole point of this uh, whole yeah. show is for us you know to just get together and catch up. And I'm glad I got to catch up with you guys. I hope we get to do it again very soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, next time, we will have a new topic brought to us by a, a different member of the group. All right. Uh, very much look forward to whatever topics you guys are going to be bringing. And uh, this has been episode one of Just Catching Up Podcast. Uh, you can find this podcast on wherever podcasts can be found that we post it on. <laughs> I'm not sure where we're eventually going to post this. Probably it's going to be on what Twitch, maybe YouTube, maybe uh, YouTube. Uh, where,
2: where, there's where like there's there's ways that I can post it to YouTube and also to uh, uh, iTunes and also there's like there's other ways that we can actually put the audio
1: version up. I'll I'll talk to you about that later. I wonder okay, if so there's some I'm way for just... us to get like on Spotify or something like
0: that. That is uh, yeah. where podcasting apparently is moving to.
3: Yeah. Yeah, apparently we're going to have to do get it broken <laughs> and uh, uh make an exclusive deal with Spotify uh but that's <laughs> in the works right now. I'm going to try to get us some sponsorships and in some uh, I mean, exclusive million dollar deals. About. So we can uh, go to the club and make it rain. I would just like uh, but... to say
1: that I am happy to test out any products for any sponsors. You know, I'm happy to let you know how much I like your earbuds or whatever. Exactly. If Jim will
3: personally <laughs> test your hair products. All, all chemical <laughs> and drug products. You can personally send them to Jim. The gym and he will test them for you and we'll give you our response so uh, definitely feel free anyone out there who wants to form a sponsorship deal with us, we got your back there but uh, for now, uh, that's gonna do it for the first episode of the podcast I want to thank each and every single one of you guys for joining us today signing off for the Just Catch It Up podcast we can't wait to see you guys again we love you all, take care, have a good one